This is the Emergency Medical Minute. Real, raw, relevant emergency medical education. Please enjoy the show. So I'm going to take a second to talk a little bit about uh, workup, treatment, and disposition of TIA, and specifically focus on some patients that may be low enough risk for outpatient management. So as far as uh, introducing the topic, uh, we'll start with some definitions. Uh, So a TIA, or transient ischemic attack, is how how do we define that? Uh Resolves. So focal neurologic deficit that resolves. The older definition used to be Uh, within 24 hours. uh, The more accepted definition now is that it resolves within 24 hours and has negative advanced brain imaging, uh, MRI. Um, You know, if it resolved uh, and the MRI shows an abnormality, it would just be considered a minor stroke, okay? As far as management, they're very similar, but uh, just in terms of semantics. As far as the etiology or the cause, you know, strokes in general can be divided into ischemic strokes or hemorrhagic strokes. About three quarters of strokes are ischemic, a quarter are hemorrhagic. But for TIAs, that's generally not hemorrhagic, predictably. Uh, as far as sort of the cause of sort of ischemic strokes that represent a transient obstruction, what would be sort of the mechanisms that you think of in that setting? Sure. So. If, if, we, if we understand that uh, a transient neurologic deficit is because uh, blood flow to a certain part of the brain uh, was uh, stopped uh, or sufficiently low uh, to cause dysfunction in that part of the brain, uh, what are the sort of causes of that? So a clot, right? So you can form a thrombus in a large vessel or a small vessel that then recanalizes. You could have a narrowed vessel and you have a low flow state, right? Or you can have an embolus, which is sort of a clot that then migrates through the circulation. And in general, those are called cardioembolic. So uh, that includes uh, the carotid vasculature and then cardiac uh, causes. So the most common there would be a fib. So you'd have sort of a left atrial thrombus. Uh, But other cardiac causes could be post MI. Uh, with uh, left ventricular uh, 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 thrombus. Um, You could have valvular disease like prosthetic valves or endocarditis, right? So as far as the, you know, workup in the ER, obviously CAT scan is low yield, almost by definition negative, screening tests are negative, EKG is done to screen for AFib. All of those things are relatively low yield in our setting. And typically in our setting, most of the time those patients are admitted. Uh, and what's the reason why they're admitted? What, what happens? Why? So they're at risk for stroke, uh, but what's the implications of that? Presumably we can do something to intervene, right? So if they're inpatient and they have a stroke, then they, they're potentially a candidate for thrombolysis, right? Uh, if they don't have a stroke, a neurologist will see them and start them on treatment, which is typically things like antiplatelet agents. Uh, um, And then uh, as far as uh, workup, what types of tests are done? So MRI, right? 
right? So some vascular imaging. So an MRI is to assess whether or not the patient in fact did have a stroke or just a TIA. That the carotids are assessed with either a carotid duplex, so an ultrasound, uh, or they get a CTA, uh, which is considered uh, extremely sensitive, or they get an MRA, so some vascular imaging. Because if you have a cardioembolic source from a carotid, uh, then, uh, you know, if it's greater than 50% occlusion, those patients are indicated for a carotid endarterectomy. So what you're looking for is sort of a reversible cause there. Uh, and then sometimes they do an echo. So at least they do an EKG. Oftentimes we, I mean, our standard admission involves telemetry admission to look for paroxysmal AFib. And then there are certain patients, like really young patients, that would absolutely get uh, a cardiac echo. And depending on patient characteristics, they either get a transthoracic echo or uh, a transesophageal echo. So that's, that's generally the workup to sort of identify sort of the treatable causes that would require anticoagulation or a carotid endarterectomy. Now the question is, you know, as you correctly point out, Beth, I mean, they're at risk for stroke, so we want to do this expedited. Are there, low, are there patients that are low enough risk for outpatient management? We actually have a, a blue sky neurology follow-up within 48 hours for specifically those patients. So the question is, what, what, what decision rules would, or what, what clinical characteristics would you imagine uh, would be used? And then I'll specifically talk about a decision rule that's actually applicable. So what would you say if you were throwing it out? Right. So it ends up that in this decision rule age uh, greater than 60, uh, uh, less than 60. So reversible causes identified. So if you had AFib, potentially you'd be admitting uh, to, for that secondary cause. Does the degree of the symptoms? The clinical presentation, yeah. So if someone comes in with, uh, and how fast it resolves, exactly. So uh, whether if a patient presents with focal weakness on uh, the face and arm, you know, you're talking about an MCA territory stroke or an expressive aphasia, an MCA territory stroke in the dominant hemisphere, or alternatively, you know, if they have, you know, some transient numbness in the right foot, which may or may not be a small vessel occlusion, may or may not even be a TIA, that's relevant and how, how long it takes to resolve. It ends up that if it's less than 10 minutes or greater than an hour, those are clinically relevant strata. And then interestingly enough, it's diabetes and hypertension. So taking those features into account, you actually do what's called an ABCD score, right? Age, greater than 60, less than 60, blood pressure, uh, clinical presentation, uh, diabetes, and duration of symptoms. Long story short, you know, there's AA, uh, American College of Cardiology, uh, or AA, uh, and then American Stroke Association guidelines. Uh, uh, that say that if you have a low enough score, so zero to two or zero to three, depending on the literature, uh, those patients can get expedited follow-up in an appropriate setting. So hopefully that gives you a sense a little bit about what is the substrate for TIA, what are sort of high-risk uh, features, what type of workup is done and why we really admit, and what type of patients are potentially suitable for outpatient management.